Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. everybody. Welcome back to the Postpartum Coach Podcast. My name is Lizzie Langston, and I am your postpartum life coach. In today's episode, we're going to be exploring how the collective gender roles, or in other words, the desirable behaviors and traits and characteristics of each gender or the genders in our society, impact women postpartum and what they're expecting of themselves and how they're judging themselves. This is fascinating. And so I want to tell you how this dawned on me this week and uh, how I even thought about this concept and then the fascinating things I have found as I've reflected back on this topic, the gender role thing specifically and how it influenced my postpartum depression and those of my clients. So if you don't know me, I'm a certified postpartum life coach. I've been serving women postpartum for over five years now and I had three kids in four years had a couple mental health crises. Then I took a six-year break from having kids to really dive deep into the ancient wisdom and the feminine ways of wisdom and health and wellness, how to wrap my brain around how anxiety and postpartum happen from a root cause perspective, a functional health perspective, okay? So while I'm not a doctor, I'm not a therapist, I am somebody who's dedicated some years to figuring this out. And I want to bring you this episode today to help you through your postpartum, however you're feeling. A lot of women don't feel like themselves. Um, one more thing of housekeeping before we dive into today's show. Um, Apple, actually maybe two more things. Apple changed their game, you guys. So uh, Apple Podcasts. So if you are missing my episodes or you want to make sure you're regularly getting them, make sure that you click on my podcast's name. It will take you to my podcast's page in Apple Podcast Podcasts. And then at the top right corner, just click follow and you'll make, that's basically the essentially the version of subscribing. It used to be called subscribe. Now it's called follow. So if you follow my podcast on Apple Podcasts, you'll make sure you get every episode. And then um, if you haven't heard, I wanted to just let you know that I'm opening a membership program. I'm opening a program. It's called Postpartum Freedom. And it is a membership with live coaching, with deeply connected postpartum community. And it stores and has my online curriculum with my proprietary. I don't, that's kind of a weird word, but I think it's a great word and I like saying it. (laughs) But my, let's say my special and specific three-step process that has helped dozens of postpartum women reclaim their mental and emotional stability, their wellness, feel like themselves again, and get back to living a vivacious motherhood. So 
You can check that out as well as my free resources, including a free mini course everybody loves. It's called Get Out of the Postpartum Rut. So all of those offerings and more are at lizzielangston.com forward slash work with me. Okay, now on to today's episode, exploring gender roles and the way that they really impact women postpartum. So recently, my husband was actually let go of a job, um, and he was honestly doing awesome at it. He It was like really unfortunate circumstances, and it wasn't expected, and there were a lot of apologies, but ultimately, at the end of the day, he didn't have a job. And I wouldn't say he was full-on depressed, but he was definitely low. And you, you know, as somebody who knows him really well and lives with him and shares life with him and partnership, whatever— I could feel the extra weight of him just not feeling well and feeling blue. And that weighs on you as a partner, right? Um, His rhythm of getting up in the morning and getting, you know, going off to work, um, he still had a rhythm, but it was different. And as any human, when things like that change, it can be hard to adapt. And then on top of that, as a man, we could say that at least in the microculture that he and I grew up in, which we are going to talk about the nuance here with gender roles of the microculture and maybe even the family or the religion that you were raised in and how that actually influenced what you expect of yourself in your motherhood. But sticking to this analogy with him, I would say that as a man, um, he was typically expected to be responsible, exclusively responsible actually, for providing for the family financially. And now I have a business. I'm a strong, independent woman. I love doing what I do. I help postpartum women. I love it. But that didn't matter. Um, He really felt, you know, like he wasn't fulfilling his manly duty role. And this wasn't consciously said, okay? So I have to put a disclaimer here. This is my observation, okay? This isn't like what he said to me. Um, But it was a lowness emotionally that I couldn't seem to reach him in. It was very gender-specific and situational. And once he got a job things lifted. Now, let's talk about postpartum anxiety and women and our gender roles and the way that that weighs on us. I don't want to say that if you feel like you're in postpartum depression or anxiety, meaning struggling with depressiveness, anxiety, that it isn't medical or serious, that it's only situational. I'm not going to say that. I can't say that for you. I'm not a doctor. But what I will say is that I find that there is a similar thing that happens. What happened with my husband, the situational, you know, gender-specific feeling like he was a failure because men are taught to provide. There's a similar thing that happens for women when they become moms, not with providing, but with being patient or being happy at home with their kids full-time or being playful and being very satisfied just getting on the ground and playing with your baby or your kids. And it should just make you so happy all the time. And if it doesn't, then something's wrong with you and you're not a good mom. (laughs) You're failing. So it's not as simple as that. And we're going to get into the specifics. But if you are a woman who has become a mother and you're not happy at home with your baby all the time, or maybe you don't stay at home with your baby all the time. And honestly, maybe I hope for your sake that that wasn't always the ideal that was portrayed to you, but for many of us, it kind of was. So there's, again, there's a spectrum and we're gonna talk about that. But if you don't feel fulfilled, as as fulfilled as you thought you should, or you hoped to in your motherhood, it's not just you. And I've talked to Dozens and dozens and dozens. Like, I'm not just saying this. I've talked to so many postpartum women. I used to do free consultations. And I would have people listen to this podcast and then call me. Literally, like, we would, they'd book a call. I'd call them. We would talk on the phone for sometimes 45 minutes. And I've gotten to hear the inside brains of many women from different countries, from different backgrounds, ethnicities. And it is fascinating that there is this assumption that we should just be happy in our motherhood, like, and be completely fulfilled, like completely fulfilled and satisfied in it. And when we're not, 
instead of then saying, oh, how can I make motherhood feel better for me? How can I tailor this, you know, to be very authentic to me and who I am? That would be a really healthy response. But what we do instead is we put ourselves inside of this box of, I'm supposed to be happy. I'm supposed to be liking this. What's wrong with me? And I think that's actually the essence of sort of the risk or the danger of gender roles. I'm not saying they're bad, but I want to explore them and put them out of our mind and in front of us today. I'm going to give you an activity to help you do that. Is that when we're not aware of them, they can really um, actually pressure us without us realizing it to be a certain way and make certain decisions that might not actually be aligned with what is safe or authentic or healthy for us as individual women. And so that's why we want to take these out and look at them. So you may feel, you may be feeling maybe lately like you're a failure, not good enough. You may feel confused. What's wrong with me? Why am I not more happy? If you don't feel like you don't perceive yourself to be nurturing or emotionally very giving or available to your kids, the gender role thing could be one of the reasons that you are struggling to adapt to your motherhood, postpartum or later in motherhood. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, And so let's talk, let's break this down a little bit more clearly. Let's talk about I looked up on Google, like, what is a gender role? I just want to clarify that. It is socially accepted behaviors and attitudes that are deemed appropriate or desirable for an individual based on their gender. Okay, so behaviors and attitudes that are appropriate and desirable. And they've been there in your brain, programmed in since you were little. The shows that you watched the music that you listened to, the movies that you watched, the way the endings were happy. What is a happy ending? This is a happy ending. Therefore, this is the ideal. It's so subtle. And I'm not trying to say that, you know, life is dangerous and all these people were trying to brainwash us. I mean, but at the end of the day, when we become adults and we're not happy, our job is to say, who put what into my brain? Not as much who, but what is in my brain? Is it serving me? Do I still want to think it and choose it and believe it? And if it's not serving you, then let's change what we think and believe, right? So that is the purpose of today's episode. I want to touch on patriarchy for a moment. This is a word that feels really loaded to some of us. And so I just want you to know that if you don't like this word or you're not uncomfortable or you're not comfortable with it, then that's okay. You don't have to like think about or even really take to heart what I'm about to say. But for those of you who it is an important word to, who are deconstructing maybe 
the patriarchy or who are really internally looking at or are aware of the societal norms that we've been raised in, I do want to touch on this. So just to define real quick, and it's going to tie into the gender roles, patriarchy is a system of society or government in which men, so one gender, holds the power and then women are largely excluded from it. Now, this is something that I believe we are recovering from. I believe it's in the air. It's been passed through our lineages. And so when it comes to our role of mother and our gender as women, it is something that has touched us. It has been a part of our recent history over the last seven generations or so. And so some ways of living and being and unwritten rules do still kind of hang out and linger in our unconscious. So it's something I want to touch on. So with patriarchy, women were taught to be desirable, okay? If you haven't already heard that, you can, like, if you, like, look up Christian purity culture, this is basically the essence of it. Um, Women are taught to be desirable and men are taught to desire. Now, this plays a role. It It is sort of a social contract. If women are contract themselves to be desirable and men contract themselves to desire, then we can reproduce as a species and on we go. It's just that, it can also limit the genders and it can also be overdone and create problems or, you know, unhealthy patterns and, and a misuse of power. So, like I said, it's not necessarily wrong, but it's it's the way we were evolved to interact. And so, when it is desired for a woman, okay, I'm getting back, I'm honing back in now, coming back to you, mama, coming back to postpartum depression and women, okay? I wanted to zoom out for a minute to bring in this healthy dose of context and awareness. I want to empower you. Knowledge is power. I want you to be aware. But let's get back to what's happening in your life right now, the nitty gritty. So when it is desired by the collective in a social contract or a gender norm that a woman who becomes a mother be patient, for example, that she's very patient, But then she doesn't see herself as patient. She doesn't think she's patient. She thinks these things are patient. She does these things. Therefore, she's not patient. She can feel undesirable. And that can move to feeling unworthy, not good enough, not as she is supposed to be, aka something's wrong with her. So therefore, when when we feel like something's wrong with us inherently, that's called shame. Shame says you are wrong. Like the way you are made, the way you are, are wrong. Not all women are made in a way that leaves them like enjoying being nurturing of little children. Some of them are, they excel at it. It's amazing. I love hiring those women. I I am nurturing. I like, but it's like (laughs) all the women can like team up and it takes a village, right? And we can all help each other. Um. But some of us just aren't that way. And yet when we have these gender roles, we kind of put this pressure on ourselves. So that's something to just be aware of. Um, Let's do another example. If a man, okay, there's a gender role. He's a man. He's supposed to be the provider. He's not providing. He can feel extra bad. Not only is he bummed that he doesn't have a job, but now he's judging himself extra harshly because he's like, I'm supposed to have a job and I'm not having a job. I'm supposed to make money and I'm not making money. All right. So another example, a woman becomes a mother. She has a baby. She um, thinks she's supposed to be, this is unconscious. She's not like, oh, hi, I'm Lizzie. I'm a mom and I'm supposed to be nurturing and kind. So I'll be shooting for that today. It's not conscious. It's just in the background in her mind, but it is there. So 
she just went through a hellish delivery. She had some extreme birth trauma. She's home from the hospital. She's adapted for a few weeks or a couple months now, and she does not feel okay. She does not feel seen or nurtured. And so do you think she's going to be able to be very nurturing and kind and loving? Maybe she's struggling with being irritable or ragey or depressive and having a hard time functioning and getting out of bed. But in her brain, there's this programming that says, you're supposed to be kind and loving and patient, but she can't seem to find patience. So not only is she suffering in a very difficult emotional landscape to be in as a human, but on top of that, she is judging herself. She is hardcore feeling not good enough. When what she really needs is like help and nurturing, processing this horrible birth trauma experience she just had. But she doesn't see herself as worthy of that help. She's not focused on that. She's focused on how she's not being kind and loving and patient. So do you see how when we aren't aware of these things, they can trap us in this shame trap that cuts us off, or rather we cut ourselves off from asking for help or helping ourselves, nurturing ourselves, asking for nurturing, getting ourselves love and and help processing, you know, our eye and our focus goes on to the failure of meeting the gender role, just like my husband did, right, when he didn't have a job, versus the emotional support that he really needed, right? Oh man, you just got fired from a job you were really stoked about and it wasn't even your fault. And like the guy that brought you onto the team was like so sorry and apologetic because you were doing awesome. And he was like, I am so sorry. This sucks. What you need is like love and kindness and emotion. But what you're telling yourself is, I'm a failure. I'm not providing, right? The same thing with the mom. I'm a failure. I'm not being kind and patient. What you need is help and love. So let's talk about what to do about this. Now you're aware about it. Um, if it makes sense that if the existence of these societal desirable behaviors and qualities of a mom, if their existence creates this this self-judgment, self-rejection, this not feeling good enough, then we should probably be aware of what they are so that we can catch them. So here are some of the common ones that I've heard about with my clients, but I would invite you to also make a list of your own because Again, there's microcultures. I said we would talk about this. Um, your family and your parents and the lineage they each came from is going to have its own s- set of expectations. Different parts of the country, different parts of the world, different religions, different cultures and nationalities. These can all influence your unwritten rules of what a good mom is and what she does. So here are some common ones, and then I'm going to give you some questions. I'm going to end the episode with um, two things. One, I'm going to tell you some questions that you can ask in your journaling exercise to be able to kind of get these out of your brain because they can be subconscious. So there's actually just two or three easy questions. And then I'm going to give you and leave you with my list, actually, that I made of what I believe a good mom is. Okay? And it's my new list as an adult, as a sovereign woman and mother, sovereign mother, who has taken out her programming, looked at it, changed it around, and only put back in the stuff that feels healthy, supportive, kind, loving, and nurturing to who I am, and that allows me to be the mother and the caregiver to my children and have the relationship with them that I want. So here are some of the common ones just to give you some ideas, and then I'll give you the questions, and I'll give you my list. The common ones my clients have talked about. A good mom stays at home full-time with her kids. A good mom stops her career to be with her kids. 
a good mom makes dinner every night or at least really regularly, and she enjoys it. A good mom never yells. A good mom likes to cook. A good mom doesn't cuss. A good mom is always nurturing. A good mom doesn't get angry. A good mom always plans fun things for the kids. A good mom doesn't let her kids do YouTube kids very much or at all or screens. A good mom is consistent in her discipline. A good mom always puts her kids before herself. So do you resonate with any of these? Do you hear them echoed in your body and mind? I'd love to know. If you're on YouTube, comment below this video and tell me what resonated. And if you're here on the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. You can reply to this week's email. If you're on my email list, I send out an email with my episode every week. You can reply to this week's email and tell me what you thought about this episode, some of the things you found in your brain, or you can DM me on Instagram at lizzie.postpartumcoach, and that's L-I-Z-Z-I-E. So now to end, I want to come to this list of my own ideals. And I want you to know that in my coaching program, Postpartum Freedom, it's my membership where we do live coaching in a group together. And even those who are not getting coached, you know, can benefit from all of the coaching happening. We really bring these out and I help you because sometimes it's like, yeah, I'm aware that I believe that and I can see it's not helping me, but I don't know how to not believe it. So that's what coaching's for, okay? But here are some of my favorites and that, that I made. Okay, a good mom is just a good human. Good humans tend to be good parents. A good mom repairs the relationship when she knows she hurt someone, whether it was through yelling or thoughtless neglect because she was busy and she can see in hindsight that she didn't make her kid the priority she wanted to, she repairs and she makes makes it different going forward. A good mom asks for help when she needs it. That helps her be a good mom. A good mom lets others help her. She receives help. She doesn't push it away. And that fills her cup, lets her be a good mom. A good mom takes good care of herself. A good mom pursues her interests outside of motherhood and it fills her passion for life. A good mom rests deeply when she's on her period or on her bleed, and it te- and she teaches her family how to support her menstruating body. A good mom delegates her motherhood to trustworthy caregivers when her truth is that she wants to work outside the home. A good mom can laugh at herself. A good mom has healthy boundaries with people in her life so that she can be who she is authentically. A good mom gives herself grace and compassion. We could also say a human that gives themselves grace and compassion can be their best self as a parent, right? Maybe that's a more friendly way to say it than a good mom, da, 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 da. And a good mom or a human that ends up being their best self as a parent is just a good human. And she knows how to nurture herself. So thank you so much for being here today. I will see you in the next episode. And again, I am Lizzie, your postpartum coach. It was so fun to be with you. We'll see you on the next episode of the Postpartum Coach Podcast. Bye. Thank you from the bottom of my life coach heart for listening to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, for sharing it with your friends and for leaving reviews. You guys are the reason that this podcast has grown. And I just want to say thank you. I want you to know that if you ever want help applying the things that you've learned on here, and learning more and taking it deeper, you can go to lizzielangston.com forward slash work with me 
to check out all the offerings, lizzielinkston.com forward slash work with me.